Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. It is starting to sink in. Welcome into the Windy City Cubs podcast. Jordan Burnfield, Brian Beto coming up. We recorded on Friday right after the deadline, but for whatever reason, it has just taken me a second to gather my thoughts, and I am posting today on Sunday, a day after the Cubs beat the Washington Nationals 6-3 to improve to 51-55 and with a 30-year-old left fielder by the name of Rafael Ortega and a 35-year-old shortstop, uh, Austin Romine. Wow, it is different, but uh, hey, kudos to Jed Hoyer. If you're going to do something in life, go all in. And the Cubs absolutely went all in. Craig Kimbrell made all the sense in the world to deal. Of course, Nick Madrigal, Cody Hoyer. I don't love Madrigal, but I like him. And I do like Hoyer, even though he's had a rough year this year. Uh, It's still, when you had 10 teams, we'll talk about this coming up here. Uh, But I also kind of thought there might be a more high-end prospect coming for Kimbrell. But they got that in Pete Crow Armstrong. This deal feels very similar to the Jeff Samarja deal to the Oakland A's when the Cubs traded multiple players to go out and get Addison Russell. Let's hope that Pete Crow Armstrong turns into a better player uh, than Addison Russell. But let's also remember Addison Russell had 95 RBIs and at key, key, key home runs when the Cubs won the World Series in 2016. What I'm coming around to is... The team that was supposed to win multiple World Series, three-peats, and has been compared to the 85 Chicago Bears, the reality, they were lucky to win one. Lucky. They were losing game four to the San Francisco Giants. Johnny Cueto was on the mound in game five. Javi Baez hit a home run. They won game one, one to nothing. Joe Madden did not want to play that game five. They had a miracle comeback late, and they win the series in four. They were down 2-1 to the Dodgers, came back and won the series. They were down 3-1 to the Indians, 17-minute rain delay. In the history of Cubs baseball, that never happens, and they eked out an amazing 2016 World Series. And we all thought that this team was just destined for greatness. But the reality is they made it back to the NLCS once, they got smoked by the Dodgers, and they didn't sniff anything of substantial nature 
and they were lucky, by the way, that year to get by the Nationals. They didn't come close in 18, 19, 20, and of course in 21. So when you really look back on it, it was a borderline miracle that they came back from 3-1 in the World Series and beat the Cleveland Indians and won one World Series. So everybody fell in love with the team, myself included. But when you look back on it, too many similar players, too much swing and miss. In reality, this is not some all-time great baseball team that somehow is 85 Chicago Bears-like if they only had a quarterback who was healthy. It's not like that at all. They were lucky to win one World Series. I think that's the reality of the situation. Uh, Look, Anthony Rizzo hitting homers for the Yankees. Javi Baez doing it for the Mets. It's not fun to watch, right? That is pretty painful. But I think you also smile, right? Way to go, Riz. Way to go, Javi. Way to land in New York and help the Mets rally back from 4-1 down. Maybe that's too balanced of a take for some of you. But I kind of am humored by it. Jock Peterson's hitting over 300 for the Braves. Good for you, Jock. But Jed Hoyer, you went all in, man. Cubs tickets for the rest of the season, worth three cents. White Sox coming into Wrigley Field to beat the Cubs this coming Friday, 48 to nothing. Will they win one game or even be in one game? Will Craig Kimbrell even pitch in the series? Uh, Because the games are just that lopsided. So I know baseball's a funny game. Maybe they'll win one, but none of that matters, obviously, to anyone. All right, let's get into it here. Jordan Burnfield, Brian Beetle, Craig Kimbrell from Madrigal and Hoyer, Bryant for Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian. That was the most painful one, by the way, by far the most painful. Apparently there wasn't a market for Chris Bryant where they could eke out what they were able to get from the New York Mets, legit prospects in Kevin Alcantara and Alexander Vizcaino. That might have been the best deal as far as the value of Rizzo and the value received back. Maybe the Mets deal will turn out. But the Bryant deal is painful. And let me just mention one little clip that I saw of Bryant hitting a homer, and they show the Cubs dugout. This was in the last week of him being a Cub. He hits the homer, and there is a Cubs coach standing right next to David Ross, and he says to him, about time. About time. And you don't say that to a manager who wouldn't, in all likelihood, sort of agree with you, like a frustration around Chris Bryant. And the dude is crying in the dugout when he learns he's being traded. He's sitting at Wrigley and staring out at the field. I don't get it. I mean, it makes sense, I guess, to get whatever you can because the season's over. But there's no indication that the Cubs want anything to do with Chris Bryant going forward. I'd be stunned, stunned, if he or really any of them returned. Maybe Rizzo, maybe on a a team-friendly deal. But the Mets are going to fall in love with Baez. They've got endless money. I would expect him to stay in New York. Chris is going to get some offer of significance from somewhere, and the Cubs are not going to be in there, would be my guess. Rizzo... Unlikely, unlikely, but if there's no real market for Anthony Rizzo and he comes back to the Cubs, maybe, maybe. I'd bet against it, but maybe. But the Bryant thing, 
yeah, we'll take prospect nine and prospect 30 because nobody else will give us anything. Even a compensatory draft pick, yeah, no. So they get a strike thrower and an outfielder, I guess, with some upside. That was the toughest one to stomach. But the rest of it, okay, Jed Hoyer, you are earning your stripes, my friend. The Windy City Cubs podcast on the sell-off starts right now. But first, the Windy City podcast is brought to you by our friends from Manscaped. Who have you cleared for takeoff with the fourth generation, the brand-new Lawn Mower 4.0. That's right. Kick your pubes to the next planet with the Performance Package 4.0. This thing is incredible. You will never be better groomed down low for all the action. As, uh, yeah, we've got Lollapalooza going on this weekend. It's summertime. You want to be fresh. You get 20% off. You get free shipping. You put that promo code in, fansided20 at manscaped.com. Don't forget the Crop Preserver Ball Deodorant. Oh, it feels so good when it goes on there. You got the Crop Reviver which uh, brings back your goods in ways that you would never even imagine. And you get the two free gifts, the Manscaped boxers. They're sweet, warm yesterday, folded them this morning. Good job by me on the laundry. And you get the Shed Travel Bag. Lawnmower 4.0, fourth-generation trimmer. You'll love it. Manscaped.com. Put in that promo code, FANSIDED20. Showtime. Lester to the Cardinals, too. Do you see that? Yeah. Also, what are the Cardinals doing? I'm deflecting my Cubs sadness. The Cardinals are buying. They're terrible. They just they just traded John Gant, a nice young upcoming young pitcher, for Jay Happ. Is Ron Gant available tonight? Because the Cubs could he be- might be more valuable. The only thing that's that would have saved this day for me is if they had gotten rid of Ian Happ. Oh, he's going to be like the three hitter now. This is no Zach Davies. At least we kept Zach Davies. Huge. No, that yeah, great. Uh, Did the Cubs get Joey Bart? Is that official? No. That's wrong, which is depressing because I was kind of excited about that. This, Wait, what? Some Mark blue Weinstein check mark. That they're getting Alexander Canario? Yes, Camargo. Lillian? Who the frick is that? I don't know either of the guys that they got there. But some blue check mark got fooled by like Jesse Rogers did earlier with a like a unverified account and said they got Joey Bart and they did not. So they tried to play poker with Brian and lost. Yes. And what do we think about Nick Madrigal? I'm having a hard time mincing my feelings right now. I'm like, I'm just in a tough spot. <laughs> we, <laughs> but I, I, I like, I mean, I'm not a scout, so it's hard. But I feel like the Cubs, like, if you're taking just, like, emotion the, out of this, which is nearly oh, impossible. I, I Hold on. I just, I just can't because I just pulled up Twitter and because it was down for a second for me. And um, the Giants traded Alexander Canario and Caleb Killian for Chris Bryant. And I know the prospect ratings don't matter. The ninth and 30th prospect yeah. ratings. Ninth and 30th. That one hurts. <sighs> That's the one that I feel like is the, the one that doesn't make a ton of sense. Again, not being a scout. The Madrigal thing, I'm, I'm – I'm fine with, I'm, I think there's really for both sides, I guess. I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm just depressed. All, all I, all I heard matter. was that there were 10, there, there were 10 teams interested in Craig Kimbrell. You're telling me that you got a guy and I like Cody Hoyer, but 
Did he's, Jed just want a guy that has the same last name with a different spelling? I, yeah, it's a great call. <laughs> I mean, that that might be it. I mean, and what and, are those called? Homonyms? Is that right? Like there, that like there is a zero point zero percent chance this turns into like, can you believe the Cubs fleece them with Nick Madrigal and he's a ten? No, it, it's, you're right. It's not going to happen. It's a high floor trade. They 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 didn't go for upside with it. Right. There's like high ceiling. They want he, Madrigal's going to be pretty consistent. He's going to be like well above average but i think you saw a tweet that you put out about 0.5 all-star games yeah it's a fair point he, he's yeah. not he's not he's never making an all-star team he he can only play oh. second base he's got stone hands at least at times i yeah. I, I don't i don't hate him like you know nick madrigal up with a runner on second base and two outs and you need a knock i like him there yeah all yeah. day all day long no problem I, he's gonna give you a good at bat and Can good. I say this? Just yeah. in st- before we go through all these trades, and I realize this is minutes after the trade deadline and they have just traded my heart to the blender for nothing in return. <laughs> this is bullshit, okay? They're the Chicago Cubs, and they're operating like they're the Kansas City Royals. Can we just Can we just start with that? I realize that this run – has clearly come to an end. I have been the one operating in the headspace that they need to maximize the value of these depreciated assets so that they don't end up in the crapper. But it doesn't feel, unless we see something roll in, which does typically tend to happen a half hour after the deadline passes, it doesn't feel like they got the big assets they want. So they traded everybody away They keep saying that they want to not rebuild, but they're rebuilding. This is 2012. Let's not mince what this is. They have nobody left. The best player left on the team is Wilson Contreras. And the next best player is Patrick freaking wisdom, right? I mean, this is the the only thing. This is what you do when you're Kansas city, not the number three market team. Sorry. The only thing they didn't do is trade Hendricks and Contreras. That's right. it. That's right. it. Listen, and I said, if you're going to do it, go ahead and do it. But it is interesting that Jed Hoyer, and I asked him the question, we are not, and he said, we're not going to follow the same playbook. We're not going to follow it. This looks like the same playbook to me, which is fine, by the way. I would argue it's worse because when they did it the last time, they did it with the clear intention of sucking. They made trades that helped them get good within three years, but there was no question about the direction of the franchise. Don't tell me that you want to compete and then not maximize the value. They've been playing poker all day to presumably make a big trade for Chris Bryant. And I'm not an, like Vito said, and I think it was the perfect way to frame it. I am not a scout. I don't know these prospects. But when you float Joey Bart's name out there, I think, okay, well, listen, Joey Bart's the number two prospect in their system. I've heard of Joey Bart. He was on the team last year with the Giants. This is an elite prospect. I could see that for Chris Bryant and feel a little better. But if you're telling me they got the ninth and 30th best prospect, I don't know who they are, so I can't indict them as players. But it feels like you had to do better. And if the best player you got in this whole thing is Nick Madrigal and the next best player you got is Cheryl Crow and and Lance Armstrong's son, then you didn't get the big haul, right? 
You got an okay haul. But so did then, you really think they were going to get better for rental players? I mean, I the Bryant thing surprised, but like Baez, they got the Mets top five. Rizzo, the guy, Fangraphs. Yes. Fangraphs had the guy that guys, the Cubs got in the second, Alcantara, another Alcantara for the Cubs, they is got their Aris second Mendy best Bank. prospect now. So yeah. in theory, because Madrigal doesn't count because he's no longer a prospect, but he's now young, controllable. They have, what, four new guys in their top ten. So for rentals, right? Right. They, for rentals, I guess. But wouldn't you say, though, Beto, that they – I get what you're saying. Maybe it turns out that – the deal that we thought was going to net them the most doesn't. And one of the other deals does better, sort of like when the White Sox rebuilt, it feels like they got more than the Eaton deal than they did right. the sale deal. So. Maybe that's what turns out to happen. But it feels like Bryant was this big piece that you were going to trade and get the biggest value out of. And it's just kind of stunning to me that it seems anyway that they didn't get a ton for him, but they got yeah. – pretty decent hauls for everybody else, but again, nothing great. And I, I agree that the, these are rentals, but it just feels like the, I, and again, this comes back to me for all the things that we can complain about. The worst part of the end of this run was that these guys depreciated to the point where it came to this. If I had said to you, let's just, I, I can't get off the Kimbrel trade for whatever reason. Like I heard Jesse Rogers on ESPN say like, this is the, this is the, the trade that you have to make a home run. And I'm like, and and we kept on, and I'm like, really, they're going to get a home run for Craig Kimbrell? I don't, I don't know if I buy it, but maybe they would. But if if somebody had said, and then and then we kept hearing there were ten teams, ten teams interested. Something, oh, maybe that would actually, maybe he's right. Maybe we are going to hit a quote unquote home run. In that, just just with that piece of information, that there are ten teams interested, and you and the White Sox called up, and it's Rick Hahn, and you don't know anything else. Here's the deal. Nick Madrigal and Cody Hoyer. Are you saying yes to that? Because I'm saying thank you, Rick. It's very nice to talk to you. I hope to see you at the the next new Trier lacrosse game. And I would have hung up. Not, I'm not making that deal. No chance. Upside to the to the Beto point. Can, there's no upside. It's why? a minimal upside. Like what 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 is making you not? Like what tangible thing is saying, no way I can't do that deal? Well, because I'm basing it on the fact that I've got nine other teams. Somebody's got to be giving me something with much higher upside than those two. Well, apparently not, right? Apparently not. Unless they can't negotiate. So apparently not. Is, is the and, and Madrigal is, is barely, hasn't even played 80 professional games. Sit over 300. He's got like a pretty good, he's a better than average offensive player at second base. High contact. I, I mean, it's not, it's not the, the sexy thing. It's not going to have insane potential, but it doesn't mean it's a, bad move I, I say I'm just won't hasn't the whole rub of the Cubs for the last four years been that they can't hit for contact and they right, strike right. out too much I mean Madrigal may have flaws but he does address something that they don't have and if Horner and Madrigal is potentially your future middle infield no Madrigal maybe provides you the leadoff man that you haven't had in four years and Madrigal is someone who makes contact at a fairly elite level right so I mean, to be fair, I mean, I don't think that Nick Madrigal has superstar potential by any means, but he might be a good player, right? He, Above he average. I think, is a good yeah. player, probably, and you could win with him. So uh, I don't really have that much of a problem with it, given that you're giving up two months of Kimbrel for a guy that might start for you for several years. I guess it's it's all fine. I'm just saying that if 
I, I personally, with just minimal knowledge of, there's nine other teams that are interested in Kimbrell. I would I would have said no. And by the way, I've always liked Madrigal. I, the dude is he gives the he gives the high quality at bat. I love guys that make contact. He's also Nick Madrigal is a Johnny Do Gooder. He does everything right. He's going to work his ass off to get as much out of his potential. One hundred percent. I interviewed him seven thousand times for White Sox Weekly. Nobody would be available in the entire White Sox organization. They'd be like, "You want Madrigal? That guy would be there for you." And so you know, it's like, "All right, I'll talk to Nick Madrigal again for twenty minutes." And 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 he would. And he was very straight. It was never, you know, he's not uh, Mr. Personality, or maybe he is, but he's, he's certainly not going to, you know, he knows not how. not making him seem like Ryan Terrio, by the way. He's actually got some skill. Hold well, on. that's There's only Ryan Terrio if he calls Cap from the shower. So, so right. So, and by the way, I got to apologize to David Kaplan, because when I saw his tweet today that the Cubs and White Sox were engaged on Craig Kimbrell, I'm like, this is this is not true. There's no way Cap is right. And then bang, Cap. I, it now, happens. And I have, I have uh, believed Cap's rumors since uh, 2001. And, but this one, I was like, he's dead wrong. And then it happened. Cappy. Yeah. I have to hop here in a minute. But yeah, before I do, I just got to quickly ask out of all the, take the returns aside, like not saying like, which is the best or harder, worst trade. What was the hardest trade? Like, what was the worst to stomach for you all? Bryant. Of the four. By a mile. Bryant. But I, but I do think that even though I've been critical of Rizzo recently, that yeah, is too. a seminal moment. Yeah. Because he was the face of the franchise in the golden era. Yep. That was my hardest. Maybe not because he was the best player of the four, but but I think because it signified that it was done officially over, right? Like once they pulled the plug on him, like we were done. This was all happening today to an extent. And I was wrong. I was like, there's no way they're going to trade all these four guys in 48 hours. And they did. But the Rizzo thing was tough. And then Brian just, I don't think sunk in yet. So. I know you have to go Beto, but did this feel for you? Like, I feel like the Bryant move made me the most angry that they were going to do it. But by the time it happened, I feel like we'd been kicked in the face so many times that it was like, emotionless when I saw that they traded. Oh, a hundred percent. And then of course me being an idiot was like, well, wishful thinking like of a 12 year old being like, well, maybe now that they got rid of everyone else, maybe they'll hold on to KB and try to extend him. I'm an idiot. I am an idiot. Well, and here's the note. Yeah. I love you. Okay. You're, right. you're not an idiot. We love you, Beto. And I, can I make one admission before you leave? I already yes. had one new Glarus beer. <laughs> one o'clock. Oh, and there's going to like be a second, times. but I had to do this podcast because <laughs> there is going to maybe be a second and a third. I'm watching game seven tonight. It's happening. Have to do it. <laughs> got to watch game seven tonight. Love you. Bye. See you. Bye. So Jordan, uh, Beto's got work and real things to do and me and you can just hang out here. Uh, the Rizzo thing, maybe it's just because, and it's totally unfair, like beyond unfair to me, to him, but. He was the only Cub that didn't talk to me after they won the World Series in Game 7. And I forever held a bit of a hurt little feeling around that. So uh, this comes back to you. Yes, of course. Everything is – that's how the world works, Jordan. It, it comes back to you and it comes back to me. And we're all incredibly in our own little corners here. But, I listen, like with Rizzo, but, you know, just on the field, he's 32. His back's bugging him. 
I think Anthony Rizzo would re-sign with the Cubs in five seconds if they come back at him in the offseason. I have no problem with it. Uh, the way they dealt, the way they treated Bryant, like, first of all, and, and people are, you know, saying, what's the big deal of getting those guys one last at bat? The big deal is they won a damn World Series and they're sitting there. It's their last game at Wrigley and everyone knows it and they should get a standing ovation. Can I can I stop you though because I saw this floating around Twitter and I'm not I'm not saying that in theory that that wouldn't be nice but if we're being objective and I realize we're cub fans and that's why we do this but if we're being objective if you're Jed Hoyer and you're looking to trade Chris Bryant you can't risk them being on the field if you're going to trade them so it's one of those like unsavory heartless baseball things that sucks. And don't get me wrong. Like I would have loved if I were at yesterday's game to scream and cheer my head off for Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Javi Baez and all these guys that just got dealt because they deserve it. Okay. They deserve it. They gave us what we all have wanted for our entire lives. The flip side of that is if you're Jed and you throw them out there for a gratuitous cheer and then one of them gets hurt. Someone gets beamed. They pull a hamstring. They do something. And then you don't get any value for them. That's worse. So yeah, I but, think that uh, it's, it's fan-fueled to say, oh, you got to put them out there for one more at bat or one more inning. No, you don't. It sucks, and it's horrible, and it's not the way that they should go out, and it's totally unfair, and it doesn't fit anything that you'd want. But how's no, this? How's this? Can they can he run out to first base for the last inning and then and, and and literally have him stand out there for one pitch and then take him out? Can we do that? Maybe. <laughs> Fine. But I, I, I just think you you bring him on the field after the game and you let them there. Fine. After the game is over, you you run them out to the field. You let everyone cheer for them and you be done with it. That I wouldn't have had a problem with. Honestly, watching Chris Bryant yesterday as Marquis zooms in on him as he is taking in the sights of Wrigley from the dugout one last time was like a sword straight to the heart. Yeah, I saw your tweet and got a huge, huge reaction because everyone was feeling the same damn thing. It's just, it was this seminal image, and it's just like, my God, this sucks so much. Well, and can we just... From a baseball standpoint, what they did is something that we've been talking about for weeks, right? They this was a sinking ship. They had to get something for these guys. If it's a separate conversation about whether they should or should not have paid them. But since we know they are not going to, they had to get value, whatever the value is, they had to get value for these players. But the idea that the number three market team, the big market Cubs are letting this star player, go to San Francisco for two prospects I've never heard of. It, it doesn't get a moment. It just sucks. Everything about this sucks. And I get it from a baseball standpoint. And Jed Hoyer has to make the emotionless calls about what to do with these players and try to rebuild the team, which is obviously what they're going to do now. But as a fan, which is what we are, this, this golden era of Cubs baseball was ripped out from under us like taking a giant bandage and just yanking it off in the most painful way. Big props to Theo. Way to get out of town for, to avoid this one. 
Oh uh, yeah, nine nine years is too long. BS. He just didn't want to be here for the death. And that's basically the only thing for the record that would make things feel better right now. If I if you give me a give me a Theo Epstein press conference where he just sits up there and just speaks logically and, and just calms everything down. The Pete Crow Armstrong, by the way, uh, for Javi and and Trevor Williams, we hardly knew ye. He's 19 years old, fifth press prospect in the Mets organization. First rounder, 19th overall in 2020, super young, single A, 417, couple of doubles, four RBIs, all that supposed type. Supposed to be a great defender. And he, he's supposed read. to foul pole to foul pole. Like this, there's one guy that is exciting through this whole deal. Everyone, yep. everyone else, upside, Burnfield. I'm looking for upside. And what you know what? As we sit here at 337. This is a very raw podcast because it, this has all just come down. Yeah. Uh, I would just, like, what is the number one reason that this team did not do anything? I mean, who if you were going to lay the blame at someone's feet as to why they only won one when you had all these guys heading into their primes, in theory you had tons of money to spend, you had set it all up. You had gone through the rebuild. You had financial flexibility. You had players under control until 2021. For it to end like this, and I understand that it's hard for to win in baseball, but they didn't even make it back to a World Series. And the one time, they, and it was an incredible run of success. Incredible. By far the best in the history of the franchise. I'd sign up for it every single time, of course. But... They made it back to the NLCS once and won one game. I mean, they were not close, is my point. They were, not, they were never close. Well, I mean, in, in 17, they beat the Nationals. They got beaten pretty easily by the Dodgers. Easily, and they were lucky, very lucky to get by Washington. It was like, but, they, but they did get to the NLCS, so it's not like they didn't they won, give themselves a shot. They won one uh, playoff series after they won the World Series. One. Correct. But, I mean, listen, in 18, they were – they faltered at the end of the season and lost in the wild card game and 19 they faltered at the end of the season and missed the playoffs and 20 they obviously uh you know won the division in a shortened year and were knocked out in two games by the marlins i think that when you look at the obituary of what this is which is what you're asking me i think what i would say is there's a couple things that happen one the core of the team didn't appreciate the way that Theo and Jed thought it would. Reasons for that are multiple, but basically to me, when I look at it, one, they had a bunch of guys that as talented as, and as successful as they were, many of them had the same flaw, which is that they were high strikeout rate players who would sometimes have offensive struggles that would snowball and not allow them to hit consistently. And a second reason would be that they, while they assembled great pitching, they were not able to develop pitching to help them in times of need. The third reason would be that when Dexter Fowler left, they really never replaced the juice at the top of the lineup. And I'm not the biggest lineup construction guy, but I think it's inarguable at this point that they never really found the spark at the top of the lineup that they wanted, right? They tried Kyle Schwarber there. That was a big fail. 
They tried Jason Hayward there. That was a big fail. They kept trying different things to spark the lineup, and they never found a way to do it. And then finally, you know, I think that there's other pieces in this, like Addison Russell not only never developed, but also had off-the-field significant issues, which cost him his major league career. Um, they, they had banked on certain guys. Chris Bryant got hurt a few, a few times and was not as prolific as he was in his MVP season, as good as player as he was. There, there were moments where he was less prolific because of injury. So I think when you look at the totality of it, they just were not able to capture all the things that made them as good as they were in 2016. Again, really after 2017 in the second half of the year. And like you said, they had an amazing run. It's the best run in Cubs history. They should be lauded for the amount of success they had. And they gave us the thing that we all wanted as Cub fans. They won the World Series. There is a video, Jordan, yeah. uh, that I, you know, scrolling through Twitter here, and it's from Fansided. If you go on there, you go to Fansided, and maybe it's elsewhere too. Chris Bryant gets emotional after learning he's been traded to the Giants, and he's smiling at first when he's getting off the phone, and then he's giving a hug to I don't even know who the hell that is, and then he just starts crying, dude. The, I'm watching it. Oh my gosh. I mean, I don't think his nose is itching there. He's just, uh, he's taking off his hat. He's getting off the phone. He's then he puts it, he had his head on backwards and he puts it back on forwards. Um, all right. See you later. I gave everything I possibly could to this franchise. I was a first class guy on and off the field. I had home runs in game five of the world series when we were going to go out at home, I played every damn position. I got married. I had a kid. You're like, I just, you know, I just don't get it. I really, really don't get it. The uh, hardest part to get is that this franchise, which started its own TV network, which yeah. built yeah. up everything around the ballpark, all with the promise to its fans that we're doing all this stuff to create revenue streams so that we never have to blow it up and rebuild the way that we did in 2012 again is doing it 10 years later. Now, if we're being objective and fair to them last year, they obviously took a huge hit the way every business did in a global pandemic that no one could have foreseen. That being said, this was not supposed to happen. All the things that they did to create revenue streams were so that they could avoid this happening. So not only does this feel horrible for Cubs fans from an emotional standpoint, because all of the characters in the greatest narrative in Cubs history have been removed from the story, but this was something that we were told was not going to happen. And so the initial plan always felt like in 2021, they were going to be able to make the choice to re-sign some or all of these guys as they moved into their thirties and keep this gravy train going. Instead, they're going to have Sergio Alcantara at second base tonight. I mean, this is just not what it was supposed to be. 
and especially for it to come to an unceremonious and painful ending at the trade deadline. I mean, this is just a crap sandwich. Very good. Right side, fair ball, Nick Madrigal down the line. And Nick, streaking for second base, has a leadoff double. The one-two. Swing and a miss. Struck him out. And he comes in and puts out the fire. This program was recorded on tape for a live audience. On the ground and through. Base hit. Nicky two strikes, strikes again. Mendick coming home. One out, base is empty. Top nine. Line drive to right field. That's a good start. Madrigal deposits this ball in the corner. Renfro chases it all the way around. And there goes Nick. He's headed for third easily. And this will be a stand-up triple. On the ground. Rizzo will take it himself. Steps on the bag. And that's the ball game. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. <laughs> 